Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a, another episode of Our Drunken History. Uh, we're coming to you from my back deck because my air conditioning in my house took a shit and they can't get it in until Thursday. So it's hot as fuck in there, we're not going to sweat all night. So here we sit. We got, we got the mister running, the ceiling fan going. Yeah, if you guys hear a in the background, sorry, just gonna have to put up with it. It's just the ambiance. Yeah. <laughs> also, we're coming to you from outside because tonight's episode, we are gonna examine the relationship between baseball and beer. That's right. Like uh, baseball is an outside sport. Yeah. Drinking is outside sport. There you go. Hey, and nothing says summertime like beer and baseball and going to a baseball game and having a cold one. Yep. So I think it's a good combination. It is. It, it worked out nicely. Un unfortunately nice. Unfortunately nice, yeah. And there's always times like beer and baseball is always a good thing. But then there's sometimes when beer and baseball combine for not so good results. And we'll get into that later. That's a, that's a good story. Yes, we will. Um... As we said, we're on the we're on the back porch, so we apologize for any background noise that could annoy you guys. Just uh, bear with it; it'll be a one-week thing, and we'll get we'll get through it. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll uh, have our our next live episode next week from uh, from the bar. From yeah, we'll we're be... we're gonna try and set it up at uh, our local trivia spot. Yeah. Do another on location set. Those those are. Fun. I enjoyed. I enjoyed that. That was that was a good time. Yeah, it was. It was good. Good to good to switch it up. Um, baseball happens to be my favorite sport. I'm a, I, I love football. I don't really care about basketball much. Hockey's okay, but baseball, man. When when I was brought home from the hospital when I was born, my dad had me wrapped in a Yankee jacket. No right. shit. True story. <laughs> so I became a Yankees fan. The first thing my dad ever watched on TV was the 1958 World Series. And he's been a Yankees fan ever since. He raised me to be a Yankees fan, even though we're from Montana. That's Ameri a long way from Montana. It's a haul. But Montana, I I would have to research this. But I'm pretty sure, besides Alaska or Hawaii, Montana is the only state that doesn't have a professional sports team. And none of the states bordering it have a professional sports team. Oh wow, that's true. Yeah, oh, yeah. Idaho, Wyoming, North Dakota, South Dakota. Yeah, but you know, you think uh, that part of the world, you'd be like a Mariners fan up there. Well, it depends. So if you're on the western half of the state, towards like Missoula area, yeah, you tend to be more Mariners. Okay. Uh, if you're eastern half, it's split between the Colorado Rockies and the Minnesota Twins. Okay. Yeah. Predominantly. Yeah. Then you get our the outliers who are Yankee fans <laughs> Yankee. like like me. Well, there's there's Yankee fans everywhere though too. It's like it's almost like the Cowboys. It's America's team almost. It, it is, like. yeah, it is. Well, when you've won 27 World Championships, <laughs> it's you know hard to keep a good thing down. Yeah, yeah. When uh, growing up, like growing up in Arkansas, we didn't have a uh, we didn't have a pro team. Either. We got a couple of farm teams for some of the other. Yeah, Kansas City and uh, Seattle now. Yeah, it used to be the Cardinals, but I guess they switched several years ago yeah. to, to Seattle. But yeah, so around here, I grew up watching the Cardinals or the Texas Rangers. That was the usually the two that was on TV. Yeah, yeah. and it sucks because blackout restrictions. I don't get any of the fucking Cardinals games, the Rangers games, or the uh, Royals games here. And it pisses me off. I don't live anywhere near any of those places. But when I lived in Vegas... I was blocked out from all the California teams yeah, and the Diamondbacks. See, I don't, I don't even understand the whole blackout thing when it comes to, to TV. It's like they're going to get their revenue and you're going to sell ad revenue regardless. So why not show well, them on... it used to be because teams weren't selling tickets and, yeah. and people would stay home and watch the game. Yeah. But now I'm not buying a fucking ticket for a team five hours away. I'm just not doing it. It's gotten so expensive to even go to a game anymore, though, too. Yeah, well... Yeah, guys like Tatis and and uh, got to pay for those hundred million dollar yeah, contracts. Fucking Bryce Harper. <laughs> yeah, man. How much fucking money do you guys need? Share the wealth, bro. They, uh, yeah, they could buy tickets for everybody. They should buy tickets for everybody. Yeah. Tatis definitely should. He's been out. He's been hurt all season. Yeah. I got him on my fantasy team. <laughs> fucking guy is just. 
killing me. There, there was a chart I saw, and it listed in order the the most expensive ball games to go to. I have to put a picture of that up. And I think, I think it was the Yankees and the Red Sox were up there on toward the top. I'm sure. Was, yeah, that's that's like, like a dream game to go to. And it was a uh, it was like a price for a family of four. So it was four tickets, two beers, two sodas, four hot dogs, and it was like three hundred bucks oh to go to a God. game. You know, that's the sad thing is is baseball used to be the affordable sport. You know, football yeah. games have always been a little crazy. Yeah. Just because you know there's sixteen, well now seventeen of them a year, and uh, it's a once a week thing. So yeah. it's but baseball it's a hundred sixty two game season. Yeah. So it used to be. And in some stadiums, they still have cheaper tickets, but for the the inflation on a baseball game has gone through the fucking roof. It's crazy. Well, I mean, I guess now, you know, you can go to a to a a double A AA or triple A game, and they're still pretty reasonable to go. Well, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But but going to a, I, I've I've been to a twelve major no thirteen major league games. I've been to ten in uh, Seattle, uh, all all Yankees games, by the way. I've been to 10 in Seattle with the Yankees against the Mariners. Uh, I went to Jeter's last game he ever played in Arlington when it was Globe Life Park. Yeah. Now it's Globe Life Field. But yeah, back back before the new one, uh, I, I was at Jeter's last game he ever played there, which was awesome. Uh, then I've gone to two Kansas City Royal games up here when the Yankees were in town. Okay, yeah. And uh, I... I will go to more major league games in my life, but uh, to be honest, probably not that many. Just because the tickets are so fucking crazy. When you take into account travel, now if you live in a stadium with a team, okay, I get it. Yeah. Or a, a, a city with a team. I mean, yeah, I get it. But if you live where we do, you you look at travel, hotel, That's right. meals, the game tickets. Our, our closest uh, stadium would be. Dallas or or Kaufman uh, in, in Kansas City or Kansas City yeah and they're both four to five hours away and uh, so going up there for a trip I mean that's almost like a mini vacation at that point when you it do is that. yeah but uh what, what I've been watching uh, it's uh, they're not even a, they're not affiliated with any teams uh, some out there like an independent league the, yeah. the Savannah the Savannah Bananas yeah they're crazy dude some of those games they're like the, they're like the Harlem Globetrotters of baseball and it, it's great and I really think it's good for the game because it's drawing a lot of people to those yeah. games so and it's still good baseball too where where do you think the next expansion team should go man because I've I've read about this so um, Portland is one New Orleans is one uh, San Antonio is one that's that's on the on the board Orlando uh, you tell me where you think, and, I'll, and then I'll tell you because I've thought about this a lot. Tell me where you think. I would think it would make more sense out of those that you listed probably uh, to, at New Orleans. Uh, another Florida team that you've already got, Miami and Tampa Bay, uh, up in, in uh, you said Oregon? Portland. Portland, yeah. I mean, you already got Seattle up there that's close and by. And San Francisco is not too terribly yeah. far. So... I would say geographically wise, probably it'd make more sense for. And New Orleans already got uh, two pro franchises. They've got a football and a basketball team, yeah. so it makes sense to have a. They have the the population to support it. I would think. My vote is San Juan, Puerto Rico. Well, I mean, baseball is huge in the in the Caribbean. There is there's a professional league in Puerto Rico. Yeah, it's like that a, uh, is sellout all the time, man. It's it's uh, there's a team in Ponce. There's a team in Mayaguez. There's a team in San Juan. Yeah. Um, and don't they travel to some of the other islands, too? They like, do. Because they're, they're big. All, like, when, a lot of the major baseball players now are coming from that part of the world. During the strike a couple years ago, I, I watched a lot of Puerto Rican baseball because they, they showed it on the MLB channel. Well, there's a lot of players. And it was, it was great. There's a lot of play, MLB players that go down there and play during the offseason. There, there are, yeah. There's the Dominican League is, a, is the big one, probably. Yeah. But uh, there's a lot of major leaguers from Puerto Rico, man. Yeah, uh, you know, Roberto Clemente yeah. was was Puerto Rican. The uh, the and Dominican, like you said, the the Puerto Rican and Dominican is is Republic is really big in, in the baseball. It's, it's huge, man. Well, realistically, like I know baseball is an American sport, but it's a it's an international sport. But I would say the best, realistically, the best players, yeah, probably come from 
Latin America. Yeah, as, really. as a whole. I mean, right now you look at guys like Juan Soto, yeah, Tatis. You know, they're 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 all they're phenomenal. Yeah, you know, they're otherworldly right now. Trout is obviously the the probably the best player alive today. But yeah, and but really, if you look back over the last several years, a lot of the top major players have been. Yeah. So so having a team. A, um, a major league team because there's professional teams but a major league team yeah. down there I think would generate a huge following it would be a sellout all the time uh, the the weather is is yeah, perfect play, down there play year round down there <laughs> yeah well the, the hottest temperature ever recorded in Puerto Rico is 98 degrees the coldest temperature ever recorded in Puerto Rico is 68 degrees that's crazy that's insanity right yeah a 30 degree spread and playing in 98 degrees in Puerto Rico Get that ocean breeze coming. I'd be all right. In. Oh yeah, it's not yeah, bad at I'd all. be all right. I'd move down there. We're we're talking about moving down there anyway. Use it as a retirement. We are. Yeah, we we've talked about it on several occasions. Shoot, yeah. Anyway, as we said, we're getting into we're getting way off track. Uh, but it's, at least we're staying. We're still staying talking about baseball. We're talking about baseball. Yeah. Uh, there. How many baseball teams do you know right now whose stadiums are named after a beer? Uh, I know you got. There's Coors Field, or is it Coors Stadium? Coors Field. Coors Field. And you got um, St. Louis. Uh, Bush. Bush Stadium. Is Milwaukee's named after? Is it? That's what I was getting to. Not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. There are two stadiums named after beer companies. Coors Field in Denver. Coors Field in Denver. Bush Stadium in St. Louis. And Miller Park was Milwaukee. And now is American Family Field. Which seems wrong, because they're the fucking Brewers. Yeah, the Milwaukee. Yeah, this just their their logo for a long time was a beer mug, wasn't it? Yeah, still is. It still is. Still is. It still is. Yeah. The uh, their nickname is the Brew Crew. The Brew Crew. Yeah. Do you know which team drinks? No. Well, which team's fan base drinks the most? Which team fan base drinks the most? I'm gonna get it. Am I gonna get it? Ah. Uh, Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> I, w I would have said Oakland yeah. because they suck. Uh, but no, it's actually Chicago, the White Sox. Really? They have an average of 4.2 beers per game. Wow. Uh, their crosstown rivals, the Cubs, drink 3.4 beers per game. And they are... Uh, I know they hate each other, too. Like, it's... They, they, yeah, the it's a passionate thing, crosstown rivalries. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Phillies are the lightest weight fans at 2.4 beers per game. Pick it up, Philly. Yeah, those, those are rookie numbers. you got to pump those numbers up. Yeah. Uh, the Cardinals are 26 at 2.8 beers per game, even though they're Bush Stadium. I would have figured they would have been higher than that. I almost guessed the, them. The Brewers are 10th at 3.5 beers per game. The Rockies are 6th at 3.6 per game, which is bothersome in itself because there's a brewery at Coors Field yeah. in Denver, uh, and that is where Blue Moon Beer was born. Yeah, it was... Uh, at the stadium. At the stadium. At the stadium. That's that's how fucking awesome. cool is that? I love Blue Moon beer too. It's pretty good. <clears throat> the average baseball stadium beer comes in at thirteen point eight ounces. Because okay. and it's not, that's where it gets confusing when you when you look at beer sales. Some teams serve a twelve ounce beer standard. Now we're talking from the concession stand, guys. We're not talking from the little kiosks where you can get your your craft beers, your fancy shit. Yeah, they're usually it's usually based off of twelve ounces, but those cups. It well, that's, on that's who's the thing. It is, yeah, it. Uh, some stadiums, and I'll, there are nine teams whose standard beer at the concession stand is a sixteen ouncer. Oh, really? Yeah, Baltimore, Philadelphia, Chicago Cubs, uh, Washington Nationals, the Brewers, the White Sox. If the White Sox are serving sixteen ouncers. And leading at 4.2 beers per game, you keep it going, Chicago. Heck yeah, you guys are earning that. See, I, I prefer the pints anyway. That's just 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 less trips. The Rangers, the Dodgers, and the Pirates are also 16 ounce beer teams. Uh, four teams serve a 14 ounce beer standard. It's the uh, Giants, the Astros. Fuck you, Houston. <laughs> you cheating ass. You're not serving them with trash cans. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you <laughs> cheater motherfuckers. Uh, Cincinnati, the Reds, and Arizona, okay. the D-backs. Then uh, the rest of the teams in the league, there are 16 of the rest there. It's Boston, Toronto, Oakland, New York Yankees, Kansas City, Minnesota, Cleveland, Miami, Tampa, the Angels, San Diego, Detroit, Atlanta, 
Seattle, St. Louis, and Colorado all serve a 12-ounce beer. I feel like it's I'm missing a team, though. That seems like an odd number, right? I'd just say I'd have to do the math on it. I'd though. have to do the math, and I'm not going to, so whoever I left out, I thoroughly apologize. I think I missed a team. If you left out, that means you were a little under the radar, so you need to step it up a little bit. Maybe, maybe yeah, serve if you guys were if you guys were below Philly... Be the first team to start serving 24-ouncers. So Sack up, man. Serve some big, big Do two-for-ones. Yeah. Um, I could not find, and I looked over and over for hours, which was the... When was the first beer served at a baseball game? Oh, man, that would have been good to know. Well, I couldn't, baseball I couldn't goes back so to, long. Yeah, uh, eight, 18... Uh, I used to... I think 1863... I yeah. think was the first back in the 1860s. Yeah. yeah, and it was, and the um, rules have changed a lot since then, though. Too, yeah. yeah, but but uh, there, the National League kicked a bunch of teams out. Yeah. In 1886, for serving beer and whiskey at games. Really. And they formed their own league, and they called it the American Association, and they were a beer and whiskey league, and it, it lasted from 1886 to 1891. I figured it lasted longer than that. That'd be nice. Well, through Prohibition, a lot of teams, you yeah. know, they didn't serve beer. Yeah. But they brought beer back to games after Prohibition. But it was mostly regional uh, beer at your stadium, right? Yeah. Well, with the advent of television, teams got to get on the national marketing. Yeah, that's play. right. And then you get you get into advertising and beers. And, beer they, and they did. And the, the biggest growth of beer sales in American history was in the 50s and 60s. And it was, it is credited to the increase of broadcasting of baseball games. Because baseball, I know football has taken away from baseball a lot. Football yeah. is the most popular sport in the U.S. now. But in the 50s and 60s, it was baseball. And, and that yeah, was... Every, every little kid back then even wanted to be a professional baseball player. And they, that's what who they looked I, up to. I still want to. Yeah. And uh, so, I can see that. But, uh... TV advertising became more accessible to everybody, and the companies that were most mostly local were able to advertise on a national level. In 1961, Ham sponsored the Minnesota Twins, Narragansett Beer sponsored the Boston Red Sox, Carling Beer sponsored the Cleveland Indians, Strohs sponsored Detroit, Schlitt sponsored Kansas City, Falstaff Brewing sponsored the LA Angels and the San Francisco Giants, the Pittsburgh Brewing Company sponsored, obviously, the Pirates. <laughs> um, the Hudipole Brewing Company sponsored the Astros and or the the Reds in Cincinnati. Sorry, Knickerbocker Beer had an advertisement deal with Polo Grounds with uh, the Giants. Okay. This is pre nineteen. Sorry, I'm getting. I'm getting. This is pre nineteen sixty one. Obviously, Yankee Stadium opened in uh, nineteen twenty. Yeah, that was the nineteen twenties. But I don't six remember what year. Six or seven. I would have to look, but. Anyway, at the polo grounds, when the Yankees and the Giants shared the polo grounds, um, there was an advertisement deal on the scoreboard for Knickerbocker beer that the Giants got paid for, but not the Yankees. <laughs> Did the Yankees not want to be uh, having? I, I couldn't find anything about it, but it was it was kind of funny. Uh, but Russ Hodges, who was the tel the uh, the broadcaster, the radio broadcaster. His, his call sign was, have a Nick, feel refreshed. There you go. Which, <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Uh, when the Mets set up at the Polo Grounds, they brought in Rheingold Brewing as a, sport, as a scoreboard sponsor. And that sponsorship carried over when the Mets opened Shea Stadium. Rheingold had the, had the rights to the scoreboard yeah. up there. Um, the Yankees, when they opened Yankee Stadium, they had a deal with Ballantine Beer. And Mal Allen was the radio announcer at the time. Uh, John, John Sterling is now, obviously. Uh, but Mal Allen was, and, and his catchphrase was, it's catch thing, catchphrase for every home run, he called it a Valentine Blast. Valentine Blast. Schaefer Beer sponsored the Brooklyn Dodgers at Ebbets Field when they moved to LA. Yeah. Obviously that changed. Uh, Gunther Beers sponsored the Orioles, even though Interestingly enough, uh, they were owned by a rival company to National Brewing. The owner of National Brewing 
was Gerald Hofberger, who also owned the Orioles. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Budweiser, in the late 70s and the end of the 80s, became the big sponsor for the Cubs. Really? I didn't know that. And Harry Carey became the spokesman on several commercials. Oh, yeah. I mean, and he, that's where the term, this Bud's for you, came uh, okay. from. Uh, Miller High Life was the sponsor on the Milwaukee Brewers scoreboard. And Bob Uecker, I don't know if you remember oh, about yeah. who Bob Uecker is. He was yeah. in the Major League movies as the radio guy. On into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Oh, yeah. Just he was actually He was actually a catcher. <laughs> Yeah. For the Brewers. And then he became their radio guy and, and he was in several High Life commercials. Yeah, he was yeah, and he was an actor and stuff too. He was in some in movies. And he was in yeah, he was in quite a few movies, yeah. But yeah, the probably his most famous role in a movie is probably with uh, with Major League. Oh yeah, he was great. He was, was he was so fucking funny <laughs> in that man. That movie was what a great franchise, the movie. Oh yeah. Really. Well he and uh it was the Cleveland Indians in that movie too, wasn't it? So that'll get into our story here later. We've got to talk about the Indians. We will. We will. Opening day of, of 2015 is one of the most infamous days in Chicago baseball history. Opening day 2015. It was a night game. It was against the Giants, or uh, against uh, St. Louis, the Cardinals. Okay. And the stadium had been under construction. They were doing a renovation on Wrigley Field. Yeah. And they hadn't finished. Oh, okay. And when they opened that game, now this is against a division rival, a National League division rival, and there was only two working bathrooms in the whole fucking stadium. Oh no! For they did not curb beer sales. <laughs> so the lines for the bathroom were two hours long, and. How you, if you gotta go to the bathroom, you're not holding it for two hours. Nobody did. Nobody did. <laughs> there, there are pictures online, and, and we'll we'll put we'll put some up. Of there was people pissing in the stairwells. There's there's countless pictures of, of full beer cups full of piss just stacked in the corners at Wrigley Field. Oh man, imagine the the grounds crew having to or trying to clean all that. Uh, I mean, that's like you have to hire a hazmat crew to bring come in there for. It was that. ugly. It was an ugly time. It was uh, an ugly time in uh, in uh, the history of the team. <laughs> it, it really was. Uh, there were literally beer cups of urine oh, man. all over the place. Um, I wanted to get into this. Is one more thing I wanted to bring up. Okay. The most expensive and the least expensive stadiums to drink in. To drink I already in. I already told you we broke it down. To which ones are, yeah, which ones sell the most beer. Yeah. I think this was on that chart I was talking about earlier about how much it costs for a family to go to a game. I think it had beer prices on it. It was so, so price of beer, the, the most expensive stadium per ounce is Boston. I see that, yeah. Which, you guys have Sam Adams right there. Yeah. I mean, like, Cut the cut your. I hate you, Boston. I'm not a Red Sox fan at all. Very but, obviously, but I got to be straight with you guys. After years of of absolutely hating Boston, hating the Red Sox, after the Houston cheating scandal, you guys moved into first place. <laughs> so Boston is now my second least favorite team in baseball. <laughs> but Boston is the most expensive stadium to drink in. They're, yeah. at, they're at Fenway. Uh, San Francisco is the second most expensive. And the team that brings up the back, the cheapest place to drink beer in baseball, Colorado Rockies. There you go. Drinking some Coors. Makes, makes sense, guys. You got a brewery <laughs> in your stadium? Way to keep it true with your fans. That's I appreciate right. you. Heck yeah. So, yeah, I guess we can get into that, too. Speaking of our, our beers, uh... We did. We picked some beers tonight from. Uh, so our and our next story we're going to get into is an infamous game that happened in the 70s against between the Cleveland Indians and the uh, Texas Rangers. Couldn't find any beer out of our local beer shop from uh, Ohio, so we got two Texas beers to represent. We should have called Jesse. Yeah. Have, have him ship as a call. Ship some down. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So we got this one from the Independence Brewing Company. The Independence. This is Pilsner. really good, actually. I so really like this. It's called Native Texan Pilsner. And it's not bad at all. No, this is nice. This is a. It's a good flavor. It's easy going down. There's like no bite to it. It's uh, brewed by Independence Brewing Company in Austin, Texas. So, talking about cheap beer and what the, so. Back in a, the, a lot of teams run a beer night. They, uh, when 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 I lived in Vegas, Thursday night was dollar beer night. Okay. At, at the 51s games, I went to almost all of them. Yeah. Uh, it was it was wonderful. Yeah, and, and it's and usually they run those promotions to get people in the seats. Usually they have them on a, during on a weekday game. Yeah. Because usually there's less fans in the stands during weekday yeah, games. Yeah. Draws the crowd. Um, or especially if there's a. Uh, a rivalry or something like that. They're going to try to get a hometown crowd in there yeah. to, to help out the team. So, back in the uh, this game happened in 1974. So to kind of set this up beforehand, you're getting all wet, huh? My, am I? Yeah, this thing's spraying I'm, at you now. I don't know why it moved. I'm moist. <laughs> uh, so you're talking about Stroh's Brewing Company before? Yeah. Uh, they sponsored this beer night here for, for the Cleveland and uh, Texas uh, game. So the week prior to this, uh, Cleveland plays the Rangers in Arlington at their home field. And uh, in the ninth inning, they, they, they've been, they were chippy the whole game. A few people got cleated. Uh, one of the pitchers got hit by a line drive. It was good old school baseball. It was good old school baseball. There was a, um, there was a, a uh, Texas player laid down a bunt and uh, the uh, the pitcher came up to field the, the bunt and to tag the runner and the runner ran over the pitcher and uh, so then it it got the out it got ugly got ugly so then that that cleared the benches they had a brawl there in, in the middle of the field uh, then they, the fight got broke up the uh, as the Cleveland team was exiting the field because that was their third out. Texas fans was throwing shit on the fields at the players. They were throwing hot dogs and, and beer cans and stuff out on the field at the players. Uh, after they got that last out and the and the Cleveland team was going to the dugout there in, in Texas, when the fans started throwing shit on the field at the players, the catcher for, uh, for Cleveland, uh, Dave Duncan yeah. had to be uh, had to be restrained by his teammates. He was trying to climb into the bleachers and fight fans in the bleachers. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Texas ended up winning that game three to nothing. All right. So, so then the following week, Texas. You're was, getting drenched. I, <laughs> though, though I think the wind shifted. It's all blown at this way. It is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the following week. It was time for uh, the Rangers to, to travel to, to Cleveland. So it was going to be a, the, the first game was going to be a Tuesday night game. So the Cleveland Stadium and the Stroh's Beer Company decided to do a, a 10 cent beer night. Just out of curiosity, do you know if it was, had they built, Jake, was it Jacobs Field or? It was, let me look here. Uh, I don't know what your Jacobs Field was built, which is now Progressive. Well, I think it's Progressive shit. It probably got renamed when they renamed the team. It's just saying Cleveland Stadium. Okay. Well, that may have been the name of it then. Yeah. I get my wet papers peeled apart <laughs> from the uh, from the Mister. <laughs> this is hilarious to watch, dude. You're just getting fucking stretched. Oh. So, okay. So it comes time for Texas to, to travel to Cleveland. And uh, so they start pitching this uh, 10 cent beer night. And uh, so they're trying to get home home crowd in there because they know it's going to be another chippy game. Yeah, oh yeah. Players yeah, are going to yeah, be against yeah. each want, other. You want your fan base to be involved. So they're trying to oh, pump yeah. up the fan base. And they're, uh, oh, that, so going back to the week prior to the game uh, in Texas. So when they were, when they were leaving the field, right? It was actually, actually after the game was over with. Let me find that. They were interviewing the manager for the for the Rangers, 
reporter for Cleveland. He was talking to the Rangers, Mad uh, Rangers manager uh, Billy Martin. Yeah, I know and, about, I, as a Yankee fan, I know much about Billy Martin. So he made this statement, and it's, I think this is what got Cleveland fans, fans fired up. So the, the, the reporter asked him, so, hey, are you going to take your armor to Cleveland? And Martin replied, no, they don't have enough fans there anyway to do anything. So that got that lit the fuse. That lit the fuse. So then they started to promoting this 10-cent beer night all week. And this had been done, so some people would get the misconception that this promotion was like the first time they'd ever done this. But it had been done several times before. But a lot of stadiums that had done it put limits on the beer and uh, or how much you could buy at one time. Yeah. Cleveland didn't do that. They, uh, they did put a limit on how many you could buy at one time, but it was six. You could buy six beers at Jesus. once. And no limit on return trips. Well, the... So my question, most, most stadiums, some stadiums uh, shut down beer sales. Yeah. Some do it in the sixth inning, which I think, is like, uh, I know the Mets do it in the sixth, and a couple other teams do it in the sixth. The majority of teams quit selling beers in the seventh inning. Did yeah. they do any of that? Well, they might have tried, but it, wouldn't happen. it got out of hand. This escalated from the get-go. So, so the game time rolls around. This is on a Tuesday night game. School night. School night. So, so, okay, so going back to the prices, this 10 cent beer night. So, the average price for a beer at that time of the stadium was 65 cents. So, they went from 65 oh. cents to 10 cents, which uh, in 1974 prices, if you adjusted for inflation, um, It'd be like paying fifty-five cents for a beer now. I would go all day. Yeah, I would. Just, so if, if a team had a fifty-cent beer night, that'd be yeah. great. So their their normal price was equivalent to three fifty, which is still a fucking really good deal. Yeah, at a pro ball game. Yeah, o only the Rockies do better. That's right. <laughs> so the fans were fired up all week. They had played a bunch of advertisements on the radios and, and local news and stuff the whole week. Trying to get Lead everybody up to spun up. Yeah. Yeah. Day night, twenty-five thousand fans showed up to Cleveland for this game, and that was—they said that was twice the number they expected. They expected twelve or thirteen thousand fans, and twenty-five thousand showed up. So then they—they they had the—you could get six beers at a time. Well, so the Cleveland fans just started drinking, and they started getting rowdy. Well. Some fans thought it was a great idea. A lot of them brought fireworks to the game. So you had random... Like, this is pre-screening to get into games. Oh yeah. like, you don't have to have your clear purse. Well, they had... they So after all this, they caught fans with chains, with knives. Jesus, they were really getting real. It was it was bad. <laughs> they were it, hunting for Billy Martin. This was a full-on riot by the time the game was over. Uh. So there's a little foreshadowing there. But uh, so... They're setting off fireworks in the stands. They, like he said, during random times of the game, firecrackers going off, and there's like smoke blowing across the field. And then uh, there was a couple of fights in the during the game between some of the players. The uh, player slid into third, cleated the third baseman. They got into a scuffle. Uh, one of the pitchers, I think Cleveland's pitcher, threw at one of the, the Rangers players while he's at bat. And that started a scuffle. So the, the players are... It was a wild-ass game. It was game. a wild-ass game. So this whole time, this is about, like I think, the fourth or fifth inning. The beer, like the the concession stand selling the beer, can't keep up with the lines. There's so many people in line trying to get beer and fans screaming at the, the bartenders or whatever trying to get yeah. the beer. They just, walk, they just quit. They, they just walk out off the job. And leave. They said they can't handle it because there's people throwing stuff, and then so then the fans. There was high demand. There was high demand. <laughs> so the, the the people in the beer line just jump over the counter and just start filling their own cups. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I would do the same. So, so like you said, the the probably the responsible thing to do would be for them just to to close beer sales down. 
Make an announcement. Make an announcement. Yeah. Last call. Well, so they ran out of beer in the concession stands because they couldn't get beer up to the concession stands fast enough. So they decided just they would form the lines at the beer truck down in behind the, the left field wall in the outfield. So all the fans were just going down to the beer truck and filling their cups from the beer truck down in, in, the, in, in the parking lot, basically. Um, so going back to like sort of the beginning of the game, like just, just kind of the hint of what was to come and with some of the players uh, or some of the fans. Early in the game, Cleveland's uh, LaRon Lee hit a line drive into the stomach of the, uh, Ra uh, the Rangers pitcher, Ferguson Jenkins. Fergie. Fergie. Fergie Jenks. Well, so he hit the ground like in pain because he got hit by a line drive. And the fans started yelling, hit him again, hit him again. So they were want, they were out for blood. Yeah. They brought chains to the game. Yeah. Hell yeah, they were out for blood. So <laughs> then uh, a, uh, a woman from the Indians uh, fans jumped the wall and ran out on the field into the on-deck circle, flashed her titties at the crowd. And then tried to kiss the umpire. Did he re did he reciprocate? No, he uh, he uh, he ejected her. So later on, after that, a, uh, a Texas player hit a home run. Well, he was rounding the bases. Another fan jumped the fence. A naked fan and streaked across the field and ran by him while he was running the bases and slid in the second, butt naked. With some road rash, dude. Yeah. I, I played softball, man. I slid into second yeah. with shorts on. Oh, that's it was horrible. A fucking rough ass experience. So they definitely had the, the streaks. Scorio is not nice on your bare skin. Oh, no. It's just not. So going back to that play at third, uh, there was a. So Rangers player slid in the third as a close play. He cleated the, the third baseman. They, it got called safe, and it was a close play. So the fans disagreed with the call. They went ape shit. They went ape shit. They started throwing shit on the field and and, and uh, lighting off more fireworks. That's uh, awesome. Oh yeah. So they said uh, they they threw uh, oh so then they threw firecrackers into the Rangers bullpen. Set them off out in there. Uh, and this is like this is during the this middle is, of the But this is like the, what year was it? This is 1974. So fireworks were like completely fucking were, unregulated. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they said by the seventh inning, so this is all prior to the seventh inning. Jesus. By the seventh inning, they said most of the sober fans and families decided to get the hell out of there and they'd left. So, they saw the writing on the wall. So, by the, so now it's just 20,000 drunk irate fans that are just getting drunker by the minute so it all came to a head at the end so the the cleveland finally came back and tied the game five to five in the ninth inning five they had a runner on second base so they had their winning run on second and another fan decided to jump the wall and go streaking and he had went to uh, steal the hat off of one of the outfielders, one of the Rangers outfielders in the field. Well, let's see, it was uh, Jeff Burroughs was the outfielder. Well, the fan reached for the hat and Burroughs like kind of juked and dodged out of his way, yeah. but he slipped and fell. It was a total accident, but the manager for the Rangers saw him fall and thought the fan attacked him. So, basically then he jumped up and told the whole team on the bench to get him. And so... <laughs> Opposite of what they would do today. Yeah. So the Rangers bench unloaded and they come out with their bats and went to the field. And they, they started this all-out brawl on the field. And so the fans jumped the wall and came on the field. And the fans unloaded the stadium. The, the Rangers had their bats, was fighting fans on the field with, and with fist fights. Some of the fans had broken off the armrests of the chairs, the stadium chairs. So everybody had a weapon. And they were using them as clubs, and they were fighting. The pitcher uh, got into a fist fight with a fan on the mound and knocked a guy out on the mound. And uh, But so so then Cleveland's manager saw all of their fans. Like So 
the uh, the rangers are out on the field and there's about 20 of them or so. Yeah. Basically surrounded by over 200 fans on the on the baseball field. So they're, Cle- they're like they're the like Thermopylae. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Cleveland decided like this is actually getting dangerous out of hand. So they unloaded their dugout and went to fight with the Rangers against their own fans. So now you have the Rangers and the Indians on the field with their bats and fists and and they're fighting fans like no shit, fist fighting and fighting with weapons on the field with all these fans. Just a pure pandemonium. It is, yeah. Yeah. And so everybody goes bananas. And, and so then the, the, the umpire decided that they could not get the game under control and they called the game and called it a forfeit on Cleveland and Texas was given the game at a 5-5 five five tie they they gave them the win by forfeit because the Cleveland's fans couldn't hold their shit together. Jesus. So so then at, like the fight went on for 20 minutes. That's a long fight. That's a long. So the funny thing is though the radio announcer for Cleveland they broadcasted the entire riot the whole time during the game, and they did play-by-play of the riot. <laughs> as well they should. <laughs> they should have, yeah. yeah. So, and finally the, the police responded and it was able to break up and, and clear out some of the... So, the, the players actually were able to kind of protect each other and get off yeah. the field, and they ran to... They just split up and went to each other's locker rooms and, like, barricaded the doors so fans couldn't get in. You had Texas players in the Cleveland's locker yeah. room. You have Cleveland players in the Texas locker room. They just, like, split up and scattered and locked themselves yeah, in. I, I get it. You know, go, go to the nearest bomb shelter and yeah. wait. So then the Cleveland players actually escorted the Rangers to their bus with bats so that they could they'd leave the stadium. That's when, the, when the teams made it back to the locker room and they were – seeking shelter the fans end up fighting each other for a while out there on the on the field too and fighting the cops they end up uh, ripping up the bases and all the bases got stolen uh, a lot of the, the armchair the armrest yeah. and the chairs they said even today you still find all those arm armrests on eBay every once in a while somebody putting one up for sale from the great Jesus. Cleveland riot but uh, the bases have never turned up. Like whoever stole them, they have them in their collection. They're, they're in they're in somebody's like home bar. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's great. You know where that base come from? That's yeah. third base from. Yeah, the exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so after all that, there were some injuries. Some people, few people, had to go to the hospital for minor like cuts and bruises yeah. and abrasions. Uh, nine fans got arrested for for assault or for other public intox oh, shit. Yeah. causing a ruckus. Um, but no, there was no serious injuries or anything from anybody. Which is, which is shocking considering yeah, cons- cons- Major considering League what? Baseball players were holding bats <laughs> in forms of self-defense. Yeah. Like, you, you take the weakest hitting Major League Baseball player right now, guy yeah. who, not a home run guy, like a, like a birdie or, uh, I don't know, any, anybody who doesn't hit many homers. If they hit you with a bat, yeah. You're fucking going down, dude. <laughs> so, uh, so Cleveland somewhat learned their lesson from that. They had another 10 cent beer night two weeks later. But, Ball, ballsy. Ballsy. But they actually limited it to two beers per person at a time then versus six. That's how most of the dollar beer nights are. Yeah. They're, they're two per. So it's probably all stems from the Cleveland ride of 1974. I wonder if you. I bet if you went to a game and asked the beer vendor if they knew why they're only allowed to sell two at a time, they, they wouldn't did. know. I bet they wouldn't. So the Cleveland fans got lucky because at the time, the Rangers had not yet traded for Nolan Ryan. And you saw what happened uh, to uh, Robbie Ventura yeah. with uh, with charging the mound. He got, so. Yeah, he got beat the fuck up. So Nolan might have taken all those Cleveland fans by himself. You don't... You know, so so there was. There's always been this debate on deployments that I've been on, like who's the strongest person in the world. Well, then you have to take into account there's different kinds of strength. Yeah. Right. Like, there's old man strength. Yeah. There's country boy strength. There's yeah. athlete strength. Like there's yeah. There's martial artist strength. Yeah. We always always came down to it's. It's either Chuck Norris or Nolan Ryan. 
Yeah, because then you because with Nolan Ryan, you've got the country boy and the old man strength. So that's, yeah, and the professional athlete strength. It's all combined. I mean, yeah. that's you don't fuck with that guy. No, he'd kick your ass. <laughs> yeah, Robin Ventura's only got to get uh, nine hits on Nolan Ryan in uh, one inning. <laughs> no, Ro- Robin Ventura was half his age yeah. when, when he charged the mound, and he regretted it. Oh immediately. yeah. So, have you seen that? Um, oh, well, I was watching the game when that happened. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, my dad and I were watching the game. The, uh, they had that new documentary out. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, Nolan Ryan. And uh, they interviewed a lot of past players and, and uh, teammates for that, for that documentary. And Robin Ventura declined to do the interview for the documentary. So, they, they tried to get him to... He might be a little butthurt still. Well, I, I've heard him talk about it. Yeah, uh, yeah, on interviews, and he bla- he says, yeah, got what my ass. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I kind of chalk it up to uh, to young and dumb. Yeah, uh, the other beer we're drinking tonight is called Rar and Sons Brewing Company Hazy Heffy. It's a half of ice and obviously a wheat beer, uh, and it is it is quality brewed, community strong, Texas proud, as they say. I don't know if you guys are aware, but Texas is the greatest country in America. Brewing in Fort Worth, Texas. I've been to right. Fort Worth. Probably not too. It's far. all right. It's a little. Uh, like we said, man, I'm not. I'm not a huge happy fan. I, I personally, I enjoy the the native Texan a little better. But uh, that's just my taste. You guys enjoy yourselves with your half of I'm I'm over three. There we go. There's a double. Yeah, I, I I forgot to review when I had it earlier, so I have. Yeah, it was, it's all right. It's it's definitely. Uh, I'm never gonna say that a beer's bad unless it's like good ass beer bad, but uh, it's okay. This is much more more my uh, my speed. It's it's a little it's sweeter than the uh, the Texas Pilsner right here. Yeah, uh, this is like a happy. Uh, it's like a happy medium. This native Texan. You got to shoot these guys an email and just tell them, hey. Your beer's all right. Yeah. The uh, what's your what is your favorite beer? Probably my favorite, just go to everyday beer is probably Coors Light. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, but I mean, like your favorite beer overall. If like if Coors Light is my favorite cheap beer. Yeah. Not ultra cheap. Ultra cheap is yeah. definitely Natty Light. Natty Light's gonna be for which our is great, man. I'm telling you, like the, I got out of the cycle on Natty Light, and yeah. now I'm back at it. Oh yeah, that shit's great. I bought it several times since we did the Natty so Light episode. I, so I, have I. I bought no, it. No, but but Coors Light is my favorite of the the mass-produced beers. What's your favorite beer overall that you've ever had? Favorite beer that I've had overall. It's actually a local brewery here uh, uh, in Arkansas, the Lost Forty Brewing Company. Yeah. And if you like stouts, they have an oatmeal cream stout that's really good. Really? I like it. Uh, but it's one of those, you know it. It's got to be cold weather. I don't want to drink a stout in a hot. No, heat. no, no. It's, a, it's, it's a like beer for sure. Drinking milk on a hot day. Yeah. Yeah, fucking Anchorman. Yeah. Milk, milk was a bad choice. <laughs> and it's a really good, it's a creamy uh, nitro beer with, uh, it has a little bit of a coffee flavor. It, it's really good. I like it. Yeah, man, I I, uh, I got to say, like, I was never a, like a big stout fan until I got a little older. Yeah. And I, I won't say that I'm like a fanboy of stouts or whatever, but like they're okay. I like, like one every once in a while. It's not yeah. something I drink all the time. But I think my other, one of my favorites, and I, some people still consider it a cheap beer, is Yingling is one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, man. Y- Yingling, uh, I, I have to, you know, I, I had never even heard of Yingling until I got stationed out in North Carolina. Yeah. And, uh, man, for years that was our go-to. So of the major beer companies... And I, I know that they're still not they're they're still semi regional I guess you call yeah. it they're not available in a lot of the western states yeah uh, but that's a really really good choice man I, I love I love yeah. just a regular old Yingling yeah just the the ri- Yingling original the, yeah like the black and tan's all right I like flight it's nice um, the uh, I, if not the the Yingling original, I like the the blonde. The Yingling blonde is really good. The blonde is a good, yeah. I uh, really call I, it the golden pilsner. Is that what they call it? Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I I know. I, I let you try one uh, Moose Rule. Yeah. Moose Rule is far and away my favorite beer. 
it's it's kind of an amber beer like Yingling is too. Yeah. So it, it's good. Yeah. That that rogue uh, Dead Man L we had a that was good. Ago yeah, was really that good. was good. I, I really liked that. Yeah. yeah. That was a fun episode. It was just because we had props. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, so we're gonna have to. Is what we need to try to do. I want to do a Halloween episode, or maybe a couple. We'll Halloween. go back at Dante's house. We'll do one. Well, you know, I was thinking we have, we're going to have to find like a, uh, there's a haunted hotel in North Arkansas that we might have to try to go to or something maybe. And, and are you talking about the Crescent? It might. Yeah, yeah. Up in Eureka Springs, up there. You stay up there? No, we we were going to do our wedding reception there. Oh, okay. It was like fifteen thousand goddamn dollars. Oh, dang. Yeah, for everything we wanted, it was a lot. Dang. So we did the Best Western. Yeah. <laughs> and it was way the fuck cheaper. Yeah. And we still got everything we wanted. Not to shit on the on on uh, the Crescent. It's a it's an amazing place. I just I couldn't justify the price. Yeah. Um Well what'd be cool is to set up in front of like one of the haunted houses here and like have people come in with their costumes. Oh yeah, just do like a uh, word on the street interviews or whatever. I'd be cool with that. Yeah, ask them some civics questions and see what they know. <laughs> Pull some some Stephen Crowder stuff. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> um, hey guys, uh, we're gonna wrap it up. We appreciate you hanging out with us. Sorry again if you get some background noise. We got cicadas in the trees. We got the fan overhead. It's typical summertime in, in the south. Yeah, I mean. It is what it is, man. You enjoy the shit out of it That's while right. it's here, and when it gets cold, we'll be wishing it was hot again. Yeah, so, I mean, watch, watch this in December. Yeah, be in the no, shed. <laughs> uh, I did want to say again, as I always do, please be safe. Please be careful. If you go to a ball game and you get a little liquored up, take a, a Lyft or an Uber. Uh, just when you're drinking with your friends, have a plan. If you go to the ball game, leave your fireworks at home. You don't need a yeah. Fireworks and liquor do not mix unless you're at a bachelor party. And no matter how much you <laughs> convince yourself, uh, streaking is not a good idea. Dude. It's good. It's good for everybody else, but not for yeah. You. But don't do it for you. <laughs> have you ever gone streaking? No, I have not. I don't see myself ever doing it. Nobody wants to see this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have. <laughs> oh, but yeah. Uh, guys thank you so very much hit hit the like hit the subscribe leave a comment uh as we have said previously uh we're we're more than open to ideas uh we're we're doing this for you and for and for us selfishly yeah it's just a fun thing but uh we just want to be entertaining and and expose you to things you haven't seen uh hit us up hit us up with a comment with whatever you guys want to see with with suggestions we're always open to that we appreciate it uh the the channel's growing every day and we we do it for you guys so we appreciate it yeah have you say